Hello, everybody, and welcome to Those Who Pod, brought to you by M. Godal. My name is Reese, here as always with WD, Wolverine Devotee. How's it going, WD? It's going great. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers who might be listening to this. Uh, what's up, guys? How you been? Doing well. Doing well. How about you, uh, Pilliam? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing all right today. Lovely Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the all the mothers listening, so and all the who celebrate. So very true. Happy Mother's Day, and uh, we're here to talk about Michigan football. Um, C.J. Stroud is back in the news. He has opened his mouth once again in front of the reporters, and um, you know, people. His team has not strayed him in the right direction so far. Um, he's drafted number two overall by the Texans, and he is once again talking about how he felt disrespected at Ohio State when they dra- uh, when they recruited Quinn Ewers uh, the year after him. So Ohio State brings in arguably the top QB prospect all time, disrespecting the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. And C.J. Stroud is the number two pick in the draft, still feels disrespected about that. So um, I'd like to talk about how, you know, can you imagine JJ McCarthy saying that? Because I can't. Um, so what, what's your, what's your thoughts on this WD? No, I mean, that's nothing that I would ever come out of JJ's mouth. Um, I mean, that's just, I think that's just emblematic of the, the way they run things down there and versus the way we have things going here. Uh, Harbaugh is very upfront about it. You got to compete for your job. And I mean, the guys that we got on the roster seem to be completely fine with that. I mean, this isn't really a place for guys who just kind of expect it to be handed to them. Um, and maybe that's why uh, CJ Stroud didn't come here. Cause I know we were really recruiting him for some reason, really hard at, uh, <laughs> in that cycle he was in, but uh yeah, that that's definitely. <laughs> it seems every time he opens his mouth, he says something very silly, and uh, this is just the latest. Yeah, I'm just imagining uh, Jim Harbaugh wearing his uh, flannel coat that he's been wearing lately, just kind of looking bewildered hearing that quote. Um, Pilliam, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, it's, it's I, I always love teams and programs that use the whole we're disrespected mantra it's like, it's like when clemson did the little clemson thing a few years ago with Dabo, or georgia said that when people said that they were gonna win seven games this year or when uh who was it was it a? well i'm gonna i'm gonna say this was bryce young when he said that no one everyone doubted me no one thought i'd be like the best player in college football when he was like the number like five player like gatorade national quarterback of the year whatever out of high school or whatever yeah nobody believed in me except every recruiting service and every single person that watched me play so I, I guess, like, you know, the whole disrespect mantra I've always found kind of, like, I, I don't know. It's kind of cringy, in my opinion. Uh, but, like, I mean, you, like, if you're C.J. Stroud, you got to, like, expect, like, that's some, like, they're going to bring another quarterback in behind you. And if it, if it is, like, a, a, a prospect in the level of Quinn Ewers, if we're star watching, you know, I mean, I, I I would bring in Quinn Ewers at Michigan if he wanted to come here and, like, J.J. was here. I'm sorry. I mean, I – I'd be I'd be down for it. I mean, I, that's just the world of college football. So I mean, but I mean, getting too deep into like C.J. Stroud opinions is is uh, I mean, hey, who cares? I mean, I honestly, okay, I've been thinking. I want him to become like the best quarterback Ohio State has ever had because we could always say, and we could we could say this forever, is that he never beat Michigan. I hope he becomes like an NFL Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever play the game. Because in his career, he'll never beat Michigan. I think that'd be hilarious. 
I, th- I think everyone's looking at this all wrong. So I hope CJ Stroud is the best quarterback ever. So I'm just saying. That's a great yeah. point. Sorry, go ahead, WD. Yeah, that I, I would be pretty funny if uh, the one quarterback that actually had success <laughs> was winless against Michigan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Justin Fields? How are we feeling about Justin Fields? <laughs> we can't just leave that out there. That, that, okay, there, there, there's, some, there's some opinion on Justin Fields. I mean, what's, what's the opinion? It's, Bears fans seem to think that they found the next coming of uh, Tom Brady out here. You know, so, I mean, if you, if you look how they act, I mean, they, they, they are, uh, they're all in on Justin Fields. I mean, he does, he did look like the next coming of Michael Vick at times last year. I'm not going to lie. He was, uh, he had some long touchdown runs. I just, uh, you know. But, I just, uh, we're not about Justin Fields, man. I'll, I'll always be a doubter, of Justin Fields. I, I am that doubter he talks about. I mean, you also got to think he's on the Bears. So, That's how good problem. can he really be? Like, you know, if he, if he went to a better team, maybe, um, he's got a shot, but, He's on the Bears, so you know maybe he he needs that second contract to uh, revive his career in a few years. I mean, with the Bears particularly, I think if he played for a dome team, I think he'd be a considerably better player if he played in the South or a dome team, because then you don't really have that same issue of well, I guess the Bears are getting a dome soon, right? They're moving out of Chicago, so I guess you know I mean things might get better for Justin Fields. You know, I, I think he's super talented, but like. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if he's like this amazing all around, like like quarterback. I mean, I, I see the potential, but like it needs to kind of come together. Yeah, I'm not sure how soon that that stadium in Arlington Heights is going to happen. Um, but yeah, that is the plan right now. But uh, so I brought up CJ Stroud because I wanted to bring up JJ McCarthy, more of a JJ McCarthy appreciation pod here. Um, because J.J. McCarthy is, himself has been a little bit disrespected in some lists lately, uh, talking about top quarterbacks in college football returning. Um, <laughs> one list had Joe Milton ranked ahead of him, and I don't see this one. Um, you know, Joe Milton, I love him. I hope he does well. But if J.J. McCarthy is not a top three quarterback in college football this year, I will be surprised. I'm not going to lie. WD, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, and I'm I'm glad I'm kind of glad that this is happening just because I mean we know what we have in JJ and most people who know ball know what we have in JJ and uh, I mean and I also like the fact that uh, that you know there's some still apparently some people out there thinking Ohio State is going to have a better season than this uh, for some reason but I you know anything to hang on to that underdog mentality or having something to prove that that's that's a plus for me so i'm actually glad that that's the case uh i think it's complete silliness to even think that uh jj is not arguably the top quarterback coming back in college football this year but definitely the big 10 um but yeah that that's definitely something that i'm really uh positive about that uh that that this is happening again with the uh you know you can take that take hold that underdog mentality that's that's what this team has done the last two years. So, I mean, the longer you can hang on to it, the better. Because, you know, once a national title is achieved, you can't really do that anymore unless you want to have everyone roll their eyes like uh, with Georgia and Clemson. <laughs> Very true. What about you, Pilliam? 
No, I'd agree a little bit. Uh, that there is some like people talk really bad about JJ, and I think it's a lot of it has to do with the system that he's in right now. Because I mean, you got to remember, like, I mean, he was getting looks from every other school in the country. Ohio State was obviously super high on him until they made maybe the greatest mistake they've ever made. Um, I mean, you know, he could play anywhere, and he is super talented. And I, I, I think that a lot of people outside of Michigan who don't really like watch the game to game or I don't really like watch the program super closely aren't really like comprehending that they, they kind of, I think they just watched the TCU game with the two, uh, the two pick sixes, which I would be honest. I don't know if like the pick six itself is JJ's fault. I, I think that's more, I just like a generalized offense, not tackling the defense type of issue. That's just my opinion. But I mean, the interceptions were his fault for sure. But I mean, I don't think during the TCU game, I was particularly like, Oh, he's playing terrible or whatever. To me, the, just the whole team was playing terrible. I don't think it was just particularly a JJ issue. So I, I think a lot of people are taking that TCU game and kind of extrapolating it. And they're forgetting about the Ohio state game. They're forgetting about all the other amazing plays he's made in his career. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little crazy, but this, this type of, this time of season, you get some, uh, some kind of crazy takes. One that I've been seeing a lot about a, a notable opponent is a uh, wide receivers and a Mecca, uh, Mecca Buka being the second, like, like, widely regarded to be the second best wide receiver in college football and i i, I just don't see that <laughs> like that that one i don't get he's, he seems super talented and i get i understand that but like i i just don't see him being the second best in college football right now like i like that's one particularly where i've been like okay i, I don't get that at all i mean the nfl they're going to take their guys they're going to take their guys for whatever reason you know like whether it be athleticism etc but like I, I don't know. This is kind of silly season right now. Where there's just a whole bunch of lists that come out from podcasts like us that are meant to get people pissed off and do. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the disrespect happens. But I mean, no, no I agree. Like, I think JJ is being a little discounted on the national scale. I think he's being kind of overlooked by, you know, like the Quinn Ewers, the Caleb Williams, the Drake May quarterbacks. And then, you know, we're, we're kind of being left kind of in the shadows. But I, I agree with WD as well. I mean, you know, I'd rather have things kind of down to earth with Michigan then uh then oh my god you're the best team ever kind of like a Texas thing the hype that Texas is getting right now so that's kind of how I'm feeling yeah I, I completely agree and that's a good point is every time I see one of these lists kind of whatever disrespecting a Michigan player or leaving them off the list I kind of uh appreciate that and I you know I like to see Michigan as low as possible on the in the rankings uh you know leaving Colston Loveland out of your top 50 tight ends thanks BGB um you know those types of things are the things I like, I love to see because I like to uh, beat expectations and, you know, it's no fun if you're already the top, you know, the top unit in the nation or whatever, the top running back in the nation, like Blake Corum, like you just kind of got to live up to it at that point. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we actually, we actually do have a lot. Um, we are actually coming up pretty favorably in a lot of these lists too. So uh, we can't complain too much, can't manufacture too much disrespect, but uh, you know, there's a little bit out there, but um, I'm just glad, you know, we've got JJ on our team. I don't think I'd take any other quarterback over him uh, right now. It's just as far as like a leader and uh, the type of mentality he has uh, to lead to lead the team to a national championship, which I think they will do this year. Agreed. So, so kind of speaking of Blake Corum, um, one thing I wanted to do, we've got a pretty good Michigan. Uh, we've got a pretty good duo at running back this year with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to do a little snake draft of favorite Michigan duos. And uh, this can be any time, uh, basically, I guess, since you started watching 
But um, yeah, do you guys have have some players in mind that you might, um, you know, some Michigan dealers in mind that you you could draft? Oh yeah, definitely. There's definitely some guys that come to mind. Um, if we're going from when we like our fandom began, but uh, even then, I've I've got quite a few duos that come to mind. One of them, um, and this is you know these these weren't the best teams, but one of them that I always think about from from those times is uh, Devin Gardner and Jeremy Gallon. I mean, those guys just yeah. had that chemistry, and uh, they both hold the uh, single game records uh, for passing and receiving. Uh, and I think that just speaks to the, the kind of pair that they were on the field. All right. So is, is that, is, are we taking that as your first, uh, Michigan duo that you're choosing? Yes. Number one. All right. We'll go backwards. So three, two, one. Um, okay. All so right. Pilliam, you want to go next? Yeah. Uh, I mean, give me, I mean, it, it really doesn't get better than this. And that's uh, Nick Stauskas and Trey Burke. I mean, how, how could we leave them off the list? You know, those, that's a, that, that's a legendary duo if I've ever seen one. So, I mean, wow. yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of a basic pick, but I mean, like, look, I mean, I, I think that they're arguably the best player. I mean, their names should be hanging up in the Raptors, you know, like that's, that's, that's my opinion, you know? So I mean, back in those days, man, you know, you caught it. It caught a younger me watching uh, Michigan basketball just going nuts. So yeah, g- give me give me Burke and Stauskas. You know, Death Beam point at the world. Who else would I want but Nick Stauskas? You know, taking the free throw. That's a great one, for sure. Um, yeah, golden age of Michigan basketball. All right, so I'm gonna go for my first one: Mario Manningham and Adrian Arrington. Kind oh, of a uh, kind one. of going back there, but. Um, Mario Manningham, one of my favorite Michigan players of all time, uh, wide receiver when I was in my formative years. And, uh, yeah, Adrian Arrington, kind of, you know, a little Braylon-esque, obviously not quite the talented player Braylon was, but, you know, big lanky guy. Um, I just remember that catch he had in the, in the, I think it was the Capital One game against Florida and Lloyd Carr's last game where he just reached around the defensive back and caught the ball one-handed. Um, so, yeah, Mario Manningham, Adrian Arrington, great duo. There we go. Okay. That's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. Oh, thank you. I like that one quite a bit. Right. Let's, let's, let's name drop. All right. We'll just, uh, we'll just go around here. So, W, do you want to go again? Sure. Uh, I didn't know that we were opening it up to not just football. Uh, in that case, I think I've got a really good one, and that's uh, Dylan Larkin and Zach Hyman. Uh, both are yeah. in the NHL. They've been playing for a long time. Dylan Larkin, he's going to be in Toronto someday in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Uh, and Zach Hyman, he's having a hell of a career, too. Um, and oddly enough, we didn't make the NCAA tournament when we had those two guys on our team. But uh, that, those guys were just unbelievable. I mean, just having them together one year was very special. Um, and they're proving it in the NHL. I mean, they're, they're some of the top players on the teams they're on. All right, that's a great one. Pilliam? Hmm. This one's kind of a cop-out because we kind of already mentioned that we mentioned one of these players before, but I think the other half really needs to be mentioned. It, it's Hassan Haskins of Blake Corum. I, I think Hassan needs to be mentioned in and of itself in and of himself. You know, I mean the, the whole the whole program changed in 2021. And I know there's another big duo on the other side I'll leave for the leave for someone else. But uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking that. I mean, that that, that whole uh 
specifically Hassan, I wanted to shout him out and have one of those duos. Because, I mean, Blake Corum's going to be – by the time next season, he'll be one of those, like, Michigan players where it's, you know, he'll be a legend here. So, I mean, I, I think he's he's one of those players you could put, too. Because, I mean, he's been here for a long time, has, has kind of come in a really great transitive period for the program, and, you know, has been a part of the team for two great eras thus far when we first came up. And now when we're, uh, you know, being settled in is like one of the reestablishes the top, like one of the top programs in college football. So give me a, give me a sonic quorum. All right. All right. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here, but I'm going to go Denard and Devin Gardner. Um, uh, so, you know, they were obviously quarterbacks on the same team. Denard ended up getting hurt, had to switch to running back after Devin had already switched to wide receiver. Um, so kind of a dark, a little bit of a dark period in Michigan football there. But, uh, you know, those two were the two best players on the team and uh, kind of kept the, you know, kept the team going. Um, D- Devin ended up playing in the, what was it, the 2013 Ohio State game, almost leading the team to victory. So, um, yeah, Denard and Devin uh, kind of had, you know, higher hopes for Devin as a quarterback, but it wasn't really his fault. He kind of uh, didn't have much much of a team to work with. So, um, yeah, two, two lovable guys, though. Uh, two of my favorite Michigan players of all time. All right, WD, you want to go with your first pick? Yep, and I'm going to take the easy one. Don Edwards, Blake Corum. Uh, not in my lifetime have we had a pair of running backs like that on the same team. Uh, just incredibly special, and I just can't wait to see what this next season brings, and hopefully they both stay healthy for the whole season so we can get a full 15 games of that combo. That would be amazing. Um, I remember that Penn State game. That was that was really the game where they really, I feel like, introduced themselves to the nation as the top running back duo in the country. Um, and, I mean definitely deserved what about you pillion um you know this is what i'm kind of a surprise for that for the controversy of this duo you know i don't know if this is one of the best duos but i think this is one of the most important duos in michigan football history and it's uh drew henson and tom brady you know i mean that quarterback battle is is, is mired in controversy even today and i mean it's kind of a defining moment for the program so uh, I think it's something that, uh, you know, it, it's a duo that needs to be mentioned, you know? So, yeah, you, you can give me that. Wow, absolutely. Yeah, I can't forget it. You cannot forget it. No, that's a great choice. And uh kind of leaves me a layup for the last uh, pick. I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. Um, led the team to a 2021 Big Ten Championship. Uh, obviously, just completely revived the football program and – you know, made some big plays in that Ohio State game. So those two, you know, forever uh, will be in the Michigan lore. Agreed. All right. Any uh, any leftovers that we missed? Uh, you guys have any, you know, honorable mentions? I absolutely do. And it has to do with, I mean, we were all there for this one. We all remember this. And it's Tom Harmon's arms and legs. <laughs> that is my favorite that is one of my favorite duos i mean that man i i know we were all there for it but that man was all over the football field he, he could he could run he could throw oh my god there you go that that's my duo i thought you're right. going somewhere somewhere else with that for a second when you said tom Harmon. uh 
I thought you were gonna name his quarterback on that team, but uh, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean Tom Harmon. I don't think he gets the credit just because of how long ago he played. I mean, in in my opinion, he's the best player we ever had. Hey, I have a number ninety eight jersey hanging up in my closet as we speak, and it's for Devin Gardner and Tom <laughs> Harmon. So I mean, hey, you know, he's a legend. Like actually, like he 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 was different in his day. Trust me, I was around for that. Trust me, I know ball. <laughs> All right, WD, you got an honorable mention? Oh, man. That's could take this a whole bunch of different directions. Um, I think I'm going to go with you had Mike Hart and Brandon Miner in the mid 2000s. Uh, and we were, we've, and then even Carlos Brown. So, I mean, that's three guys, not a duo, but um, we had this loaded stable running backs and felt like we were rich. And then a couple years later, we switch offenses and the abilities of those guys are completely taken away <laughs> because they're power runners and we go to the spread offense. So, I mean, that, that, w- I'm sorry. I said, I said Mike Hart and Brandon Meyer. I meant Brandon Meyer and Carlos Brown. Uh, those two, those were, those were always what might've been for me. Those guys would have been on the same team as Ryan Mallett. And we never really got to see that where the keys were turned over to those young guys. So that that's always kind of a, what might have been for me. Yeah, uh, kind of hurts to think about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go off the, off the wall a little bit with this one. I'm gonna go Jordan Poole and John Beeline um, because yeah. I feel like that's just a match made in heaven. Uh, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole, just such a goofball. I can only imagine uh, him just driving John Beeline up a wall at practice uh, as you know John Beeline is trying to p- teach him where to pass the ball um, <laughs> to a player or, you know, trying to teach him to do little things. And Jordan uh, probably just, you know, goofing off or, um, you know, being being the Jordan pool we love. So uh, I, I could see him just kind of, again, leaving leaving him bewildered at, at times. So Jordan Poole and John Beeline, great Michigan duo. Okay. Wait, so no one's gonna bring up uh, Henny Hart? That, that that's not gonna or not. I mean, I mean, we can bring him up. We can keep this going. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, we don't have to. I'm just saying. That was like the one I was like, I I didn't want to touch it because I thought one of you guys was gonna get it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we got a lot here. We got Rashawn and Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich, uh, Taco and Wormley. What about Rashawn and uh and Bush? I think that's a better duo. Okay. I'm sorry, Luna. I'm sorry, but. I mean, that's one. Hacho like, Jabo didn't come up, you know. I mean, there's a lot we're leaving on the table here. I mean, you know, it's, uh, just saying Ryan Mallett and Brandon Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan legend Ryan Mallett, let it be known. Truly a legend. That, that's all That's all the ones I think that we left off. If there's any, if there's any, I mean, you know, is it a, there's some basketball missing? I mean, there's, there's literally, there, there's, there's a combo of a, there's two combos for basketball. I think we're missing for sure from the '90s, but um, I mean David Long and Lavert Hill. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> That's a good one right there. Uh, hmm. David Long, one of the probably the most boring corner we've ever had because nobody wanted to throw at him. Yeah. Mm. What about uh? 
Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, the two one and dones. Okay, that's that, that's <laughs> one that, yeah. If you bring that up in like two years, people are like, "Wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about." Oh go. yeah. What about what? Okay, I got one for us. I got one for us. Manny Harris and Anthony Wright. Oh, actually, not to hate on Anthony Wright, but Manny Harris and Deshaun Sims was kind of yeah like the duo of my freshman year. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I mean, hey, you know, we got we got we got to represent Manny Harris for sure. Got drafted by the crew. That's a good one. That's a very good one. That's a very, yeah. very good one. I'm, I'm glad, thank you. <laughs> Lots of great duos. We can do this all day. We're just even athletes. <laughs> just silly. Just season. naming you know good Michigan athletes. I know. We're deep in the offseason, man. This is bad. Yeah. This is offseason off <laughs> podcasting. Oh, man. If, if you're all listening right. now, you're a sicko. I mean, you're a <laughs> the true sickos are listening. This is. This is true sicko hours right now. So this is yeah. This is this is crazy people stuff. If you're in mid, uh, yeah, we're, we're mid May. <laughs> we yeah, we're listening to a Michigan podcast about Michigan sports. Man, dude. <laughs> I mean, respect to you. You're you're a real fan. You know, listen to us goobers talk about this. <laughs> I I mean that's actually a great uh, segue to our next segment because this is true sicko hours. Um, I wanted to talk about. Favorite player from a rival program. Uh, stole this one from Twitter. Saw some great answers, and I kind of wanted to run it by you guys. So I would love to hear your favorite player from a rival program. WD, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Steve Belisari, Ohio State quarterback in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I'm pretty sure that guy had a, set the record for picks uh, thrown in the Michigan-Ohio State game. Um, I really wish I could have seen, seen that his career. Uh, unfold at the time i was pretty young then though um but uh, hopefully you know one of the guys they trot out this year will replicate that kyle mccord looking at you max brown yeah there you go watch out fellas all right pilliam do you have a do you have a choice i mean like legitimately for the buckeyes i i gotta think it's definitely chase young like i respected chase young's game a lot in college i know it hasn't because of injuries and stuff hasn't really panned out at the uh at the at the pro level but i mean back in college man i mean he was crazy i mean really like he was a dominant player we had to put like three guys on him in order to contain him so i mean you know like really like a player i actually respect that's probably the only buckeye i've ever been like man dude like he like like i actually like him as a player like i most of them i, I kind of hate on obviously but like and i i, I get marvin harris in that that same kind of you know treatment where i'm just like yeah like, i respect your game like you're a really good basket like like athlete you know stuff like that all right um yeah yeah, i gotta go with uh jackson jackson smith and jigba jsn uh just a phenomenal wide receiver doesn't quite have the same uh physical traits as marvin harrison jr but some of those plays he was making the game last year i'm not gonna lie i was kind of just uh shaking my head um and yeah he i think he's gonna have a great nfl career uh, you know, he went to the Seahawks, kind of a Tyler Lockett-esque, but better type player. Um, so I, I could definitely see him having a great NFL career. Uh, fast, makes every catch, just a great route runner. Um, a- yeah, I think he's one of the best best wide receivers I've seen in a while, actually. That's a he, just, he just makes some stupid catches that, like, you can't even get mad about because, you know, like the guy just made a play. That That's how I felt when he was making some of those grabs in the 2021 game. Yeah, yeah, that fourth down catch where I have no, yeah. I still have no idea how he caught that one. Um, 
and yeah, he didn't. He also didn't beat Michigan um, as a player. So, Ooh. I mean, he yeah, as a starter. I so mean, I was actually if part of me was a little bummed. Had... What's Sorry. that? Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, part of me was a little bummed he didn't he didn't get to play this year because I thought he was gonna be that good. But um, as a Michigan fan, obviously, uh, you know, happy to see Ohio State downfall, but hate to see players get injured. For sure. Gotcha. So we are we going for the other uh, the other two rivals? I, I, yeah, that went too quick. We gotta we gotta go for the other two rivals now. So who do you, who do we want to start with? I can go first uh, with Notre Dame. Uh, Jimmy Clausen. Oh man, that was. <laughs> oh, he snatched it. There you go. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you do it. Go ahead. Jim, a- J- Jimmy Clausen, the emu man himself. Uh, if you remember his <laughs> high school uh, profile, his uh, profile pictures on MySpace back in the day. Um, that guy came in. I think he was the number one QB ahead of Ryan Mallett, and I they squared off in that 0-2 versus 0-2 game in 2007. I was at that one. Um, and that, yeah, that was probably the most comical game I was ever, ever at because every time he touched the ball, it felt like he was either going to fumble or throw a pick. Um, and then I think they beat us the the year after, but then we got him again, uh, 2009 with, uh, Tate 4CA in that game. So yeah, I really enjoyed, uh, the Jimmy Claus and Notre Dame teams personally. Agree. And the emu picture is, uh, you know, forever in the Notre Dame lore. Speaking of Notre Dame lore, I've got a really good one. I've got one that I, I'm surprised I didn't think of earlier. A player who I think is actually pretty good. Didn't quite pan out at the pro but I did think it was actually really good. In his time in Notre Dame, like, the hype was real. And that is Manti Teo. Ooh. That's a really good one, right? That is. That is I'll never I forget can't. finding out about that day. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm saying outside of the outside of the whole uh, events incident that occurred, I, I do feel bad for Manti. I watched the the Untold Netflix. I felt bad for him. Like what kind of what happened? I, I could see why he kind of was like, "Whoa!" So that that was pretty wild. But like, no, I actually like do think he was a pretty great linebacker. I mean, to be in Heisman voting for you know as a defensive player, obviously as we know, particular is particularly difficult. But I mean, make no mistakes, he was that he was a dog for sure. At Notre Dame, no, no question. Not, not many Notre Dame players to me reach that kind of dog status. That was that guy had the dog status right there. He was a dog. Yeah, he was. And uh, what was that game in 2012? Like 13 to seven or 13 to six, something like that. Just a great, yeah. great football yeah. game. That was classic Michigan football right there. Classic <laughs> Brady Hogue football. And then we also have uh, the, the beautiful Notre Dame National Championship game appearance, rather. I wouldn't even call it an appearance. I mean, they, they just showed up. Uh, I mean, we don't need to get too deep in that game. TCU-esque. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> actually, if we're going to that which one is worse? I think TCU might have that a worse National Championship appearance. That was brutal. So it's just not scoring versus giving up 65 points. I mean, they scored seven to their credit. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that, I don't know. Uh, I mean, 65 in a national title game. I mean, that never might not ever happen again. That That's like historically yeah. crazy. <laughs> no, I agree. I, mean, I, 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 
I feel like TCU doesn't have a big enough fan base to where they didn't eat that loss hard enough. Like if that was Ohio State or Clemson or us that got beat oh that badly, <laughs> right? That's you the know. nightmare scenario. Right. <laughs> they couldn't get any worse than that, right there. That'd be very bad. All right. Um, I think it's my my turn for Notre Dame. I'm gonna go Golden Tate. Okay, that's another good one. Dog yeah. steps. I mean, more more of a fan of him on the Lions, but uh, of course, always loved his showboating on the Lions. But he was a pretty good Notre Dame player too, and I think he struggled against Michigan. So that's just another another notch on his belt. He, uh, I remember one time when they before they quit scheduling state as well, uh, they he scored a touchdown and like literally dove into the MSU band. Uh, that's Superman. the first moment I thought of right there. Super, yeah, Superman style. Same. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Notre Dame's an interesting uh, program to have, like, favorite players. So there's uh, Who am I thinking of as far as other ones I do like? Who was the running back from a year or two ago? War number 23. Oh. You know oh. who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. I do. I think he was good. I actually thought he was a really good football player. Was it theoretic? No, 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 no. That's that's way too, way too late. Um, I'm saying like like a year or two ago. Uh he got drafted by the Car- by the Cardinals. Uh, once I say it, when- Kyron Williams. I want to say Kyron Williams is a dog, and then I'm trying to think what's his face in the Dolphins. The wide receiver. I thought he was a beast too. Oh my gosh! Or at least he was. Oh, he's awful. Oh, jeez. Oh gosh. Now, now I'm losing my mind. William Vincent Fuller, Will Fuller, the fifth. Will Fuller was actually pretty good in, in those days. You know, he was with those. Uh, I thought he was actually a pretty decent, like football player. So th- those are kind of like two other like random Notre Dame players I I would watch in my time and be like, yeah, these guys are actually really good. So there you go. Those are my two random nerd out kind of players. Yeah, Will Fuller was a staple on my early fantasy football teams. Uh, for sure. Guy was always on my bench when he would go off for like 40 points, and then i put him in and he'd get hurt. So, cool tattoos, though. Shout out to Will Fuller. That's a good very, choice. Very, yeah, definitely a, definitely a beast. Was he on the Brandon Wimbush teams? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't sound right to me, but I don't know. I think he's. I think he was Deshaun Kaiser teams, right? Yeah, that sounds more, more accurate like, to me. Can you, you remember when Deshaun Kaiser said he was going to be the best football player to ever play? I mean. Hey, if no one else is going to bring that up, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that to the day I die. <laughs> that, that quote was insane. That is a crazy quote. Yeah, he's on the Browns. So I was like, what are you talking about, man? Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. All right. Enough Notre Dame talk. We got we to gotta get to uh, – Last, certainly not last, but certainly not least, I guess. The all hardest right. one. The hardest one. We all agree. Um, yeah. W, WD, you got one for Michigan State yet? Uh, not yet. I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Tell you. Okay. Okay. We'll go with easy one. K9. Okay. I'll get. I'll. I'll. I'll concede. All right. Great football player for sure. Um. After that. <laughs> Uh, Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers was the first one who came to mind. Um, and he actually beat Michigan a little too much for me. Um, 
actually my the, my choice beat Michigan a decent amount too. So okay. yeah, Charles Rogers is a good choice. RIP, great football player. Definitely. But uh, yeah, my choice for this is Le'Veon Bell. That's a good um, one. Also beat Michigan a little too much for my liking, but I just love his running style. That patient, big back. Um, yeah, great football player. Obviously, this is strictly football speaking, not like as a, I don't know, <laughs> you know, not as a person or anything. Just, uh, yeah, great football player. Yeah, for, for mine, I'm going to have to go with uh, uh, Aaron Burbridge. So he was a receiver in the early Ooh. 2010s, uh, and he was going to come here. I mean, that was that was part of the deal. It was going to be him, uh, Devin Funches, and Mario Jamudia. They all play on the same high school team, but. Uh, apparently admissions struck again so that was not an option for him and he wound up in East Lansing uh, and had a nice career over there so yeah thanks admissions okay he had the legendary uh, matchup with Jordan Poole in 2015 right you mean Jordan Lewis Jordan Lewis yes yeah yeah yeah. yeah that was that game which nothing interesting happened in that game no Michigan Michigan lined up and cruised to an easy victory Nothing else happened that day. Nope. <laughs> wow. Definitely not one of the most depressing days of my life. You know what? Okay. Just... I'll say another one for Sparty. I do want to say. I think Connor Cook had that dog in him. <laughs> okay. I, look, I, I don't think Connor Cook is some great quarterback. Look, where I think, okay, I think Kirk Cousins is kind of cringy. Like, I do. I think he's such a cringe ball. I, I just do not like Kirk Cousins at all. But, like, I will say, I think Connor Cook had that dog in him, you know? I think Connor Cook is a way more talented football player than Kirk Cousins. I know the NFL has proved me otherwise. I don't care. I'm going to hold on to this narrative. I'm right on this, and everyone else is wrong. Connor Cook has that dog in him, where Kirk Cousins just doesn't. I agree that Connor Cook was the best Michigan State quarterback. He was. He was, for sure. I feared I feared Connor Cook. I Kirk Cousins, the rest of our lives! I, I Get out of here. Shut up. Cornball. Um, actually, I do have to go with one more Michigan State player, uh, my high school buddy, Kyler Ellsworth, uh, kind of a backup linebacker, special teams player most of his career, uh, ended up subbing in for Max Bullo when he uh, was mysteriously suspended in the 2014 Rose Bowl. Um, yep. Was that 2014? Yeah. Um, and yeah, ended up you know, getting the first start of his career, ended up winning the defensive MVP for that game. And, uh, yeah, still kind of a little bit famous from that. So, uh, you know, in a lot of all the Rose Bowl montages, he still lives on. So, Kyler Ellsworth. Yeah, I enjoy it much better now that they're bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot me too. to talk about. No, for sure, it's great. Yeah, I, that just brought me back to some bad memories when you brought up Connor Cook. I, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Connor Cook had a dog for sure. He did. I mean, he he got sent out for that Raiders Texans playoff game, and there was JJ Watt standing right in front of him. That just wasn't gonna work out. <laughs> that was not gonna happen. I remember that. I was like, oh, here we go. I get to watch Connor Cook lose, and I did. I was very happy. Only real ones remember the the, the wild card game between the Raiders and the, and the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> With Connor Cook starting over Derek Carr because Derek Carr was hurt. <laughs> Only real ones. Hey, uh, number one Texans fan, Pilliam, Chilean Pilliam. That was like the one. T- okay, look, the Texans have had some dope players, all right? Like Brian Cushing, him, bro. 
Ryan Cushing for being such an asshole. Very good football player. Definitely a Madden legend for me personally. I would always use him in Madden early my fantasy teams. I would like my fantasy drafts. I would always pick Brian Cushing. He was such a good steal. You know, he used a lot of steroids. Big steroids guy. Huge steroids guy. For sure. For sure. Also, Andre Johnson, super underrated as well. In the early 2010s Madden, couldn't get better than that. True. I mean, David Johnson, uh, yeah, Texas have had some great offensive players over the years. And, and C.J. Stroud, throw him right on the list. C.J. Stroud, I mean, <laughs> uh, if he can beat out Davis Mills, he might be a little bit disrespected when uh, they don't just cut Davis Mills from the roster this year. You know, okay, speaking of the ostrich picture, yeah, anyone ever seen Davis Mills' neck? No. Give that a Google. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. He's got a crazy big neck. <laughs> like it's really, it's really long. Okay. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing some photoshops. This reminds me of, like Mike Glennon. I feel like he has a huge neck. Mike Glennon did. <laughs> Mike Glennon does have a huge neck. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, he does. More, more neck photoshops. It is a funny Mike meme. Glennon neck. Does Matt Ryan have a big neck? I don't know. He's got a he's got a nice little neck on him. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. If you're listening to this pod at this point, you're out of your mind. All right, one more. Philip Rivers' neck. I feel like oh, he's got geez, a big neck. That guy's, that guy's got to have a crazy. Neck. There's something about the uh, the Colts <laughs> uniform that just gives you a huge neck. All right, no, yeah. he's got a he's got a normal neck. I've 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 lost my my neck. But he always had a weird fit to him, Philip Rivers. He always had the like glove thing and the and the weird, and then he would kind of we- yell weird insults at you. <laughs> he he does have guy. some of the best like mic'd up clips. He does because uh, he would just talk trash. Where like Tom Brady would just like compliment guys after uh, they would hit him. Philip Rivers would just have the funniest trash talk. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Philip Rivers has the most upsetting throwing motion out of any quarterback, I think, probably in Big history. Ben. What's that? More than Big Ben? Oh, yeah. I mean, Big Ben, me off. his arm stopped working a few years ago. But um, to me, yeah, I mean, he had the, the glove, too. Yeah, but towards yeah, the end, he did. Philip Rivers just has that shot put motion that I, I can't watch it. No, I agree. So, as bad as Taylor Martinez from Nebraska back in the day? Oh, geez, you just brought up a name. <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a really bad one. That was a bad motion. Okay. I don't know. I mean, to me, Big Ben always pissed me off because he would just kind of stand there and just like, like he's kind of like Jokic with a basketball shot where he's just kind of like flicking his wrist at stuff. Like, he's not moving. It's just crazy at that much arm power for just, like, kind of standing there. He would never do anything with his legs. I don't know. It's very strange. It's, it's kind of unworldly to kind of look at. Yeah, he reminds me of, uh, like, anytime you'd play Madden and you get, like, a pocket passer and they just <laughs> – you try to run with them and they're just extra slow for some reason. Like, they're not even – it's not they're even really – <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculously slow. Like they run, you know, a 40, 40 yard dash in like thirteen seconds. 
Yeah. Like you just literally can't move with them. It's like they're stuck in mud. Exactly. I don't know. I haven't played Madden in a while. I'm not sure if they fixed that. Uh, if it's Madden and you assume it's fixed, trust me, it's not. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, uh, all right. We're in yeah peak off season right now. What else? What else is there? Uh, hmm. We could talk about, huh? I was talking a lot about the ACC before, but I don't think too many people would be, would be too uh, interested in listening to my ACC football take. Uh, I know the uh, Big Ten. They're they're talking about they're getting rid of that requirement to play uh, uh, one Power Five opponent. So I mean, it's now possible i guess that we could cancel all these big non-conference series but i would be very pissed if that happens because i've been waiting for that texas series for 10 years since it was scheduled back in uh, 2013 so i really hope ward does not decide to start cutting all these games off the schedule just for competitive balance sake i mean these have been around just the thought of seeing texas come to the big house or michigan going to austin or same thing with oklahoma that that's that's like that it's never happened before. So, I mean, that, that would be really a, a very pricey ticket and I would love to go to those games. So I really hope that doesn't happen. Agreed. I mean, I know they got the uh, USC and UCLA in the big 10, but I mean, I think we can deal with it and play uh, a non-conference opponent that has a pulse for two years, you know? Well, especially with the, uh, with the expanded playoff, you can lose a game or two now and it doesn't really matter. It's not like how it is today. Right. Yeah, that's uh, making the playoff once it expands is going to be a lot less impressive than it is now. Exactly. That's why I'm glad we made it. That's why I'm very happy we made it. So no one can say, oh, you didn't make the 14 playoff. There you go. I mean, if we can do it this year, the upcoming season, uh, Michigan would be the only uh, Big Ten school to make it three straight years in the 14 oh playoff. Oh, my God. That is so jinxy. I don't like that. <laughs> that that is, that is disconcerting, WD. <laughs> I, I wish I didn't know that statistic. <laughs> That is that is scary because I've been using the uh, no team has won three national titles in a row <laughs> since 1937 yeah. or whatever on Georgia fans. So that, that I do not like to hear that. Well, I mean, it's not national titles, though. I mean, it could happen. Um, yeah, that's a little more. I think that's a little more um, tough to overcome. Goal? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. My, my my feeling is, you know, like the game is my my Super Bowl. It is my championship. So, you know. Uh, I just, you know, winning three Super Bowls in a row is kind of tough, you know. That's but, true. That's a good point. Yeah. So Except always... when Ryan Day's the head coach, though. And, uh, you know, they're breaking a new quarterback. We're returning a quarterback finally. It's in Ann Arbor, too. It's in Ann Arbor. It might be snowing. Oh, it's snowing. It's over. <laughs> it might be the flu going around. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how good can uh... Kyle McCord be a quarterback? I, I'm not buying it. I'm not. I mean, I, I'm not. Never watched him throw a football. He's not his neck. Tough. Their fans don't seem very sold on him after that spring game. Yeah, they seem to be talking up a lot of uh, Errol Nolan right now for sure. But that, that's a problem for for another day, isn't it? That it is. Also, what do you think about the uh, Washington and uh, Oregon to Big Ten rumors? Apparently, uh, Bright McMumphy. Just kidding. Brett McMurphy <laughs> is uh, is is saying that uh, there's some uh, there's some chatter. How how are we kind of feeling? You know, 
It sounds great to me. I mean, just USC and UCLA by themselves in the Big Ten doesn't really make much sense to me, but you start adding a few other West Coast teams, maybe eventually get Stanford, um, you know, throw someone else in there, whoever. Cal. Um, maybe Cal. Yeah, that's that was the first team that came to my mind, but they stink. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, with Cal, I mean, the, the university uh, faculty there is really – like anti-sports so that would be a very odd pair i feel like um i think if 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 it's washington oregon i I honestly think they would stop there and probably go look and look towards the acc and maybe try to get someone out of there but i mean even with that you've got those uh grant of right fees exit fees they gotta pay and it's like a ridiculous amount of money um yeah it's like it's 250 million a school or something crazy it's something nuts like that yeah, I, I mean the Stanford I could see because um, I mean it's it is Stanford, um, but uh, I don't I don't think they would, the Big Ten would offer Cal. I really don't. Other than well, academics, okay. they wouldn't bring anything. <laughs> well, I was like, actually. Okay, here's the, I'll, Go ahead. I'll make the case for Cal. I think I want to. Um, so the obviously the academic argument is there. Like like it's it's a, it's one of the top three public schools. We would have all three top public schools in in America if we had them. So I think that's that is a huge ad with the research dollars we would get from academics would be great. And I think another problem is with some of these conferences, when they add a bunch of teams, they they add a bunch of teams that are really high performers. And ultimately, you you do kind of need a bottom bottom feeding programs a little bit like you can't just like add like like Super League. You know, you got to have some balance to it. And not only that, it kind of leaves the state of California to be ours. We get the entire state. Like, I, I think that that's a really cool kind of, like, factor. So if you add Cal, you get the added benefit of, like, I don't know, Northwestern being able to play in California, like, every year, every other year, at worst. Like, there's a chance you'll play in California every single year. And, like, that that helps recruiting for all of us so much. And on top of that, I mean, California sports has not – it's not like Rutgers. Like, there is, like, like in recent memory, living memory, there, there have been very good Cal teams. It just takes like it just needs like a reinvigoration of the athletic culture, and I think the Big Ten would kind of force that, like how it's done with Rutgers, where like now they've become like kind of a decent like uh, basketball program because they've needed kind of an identity being in the Big Ten, and I think kind of putting them in that environment might kind of spur them to kind of re you know readopt more of that their athletic inclinations. So I, I think there's actually a really good case for Cal, and not only that, it's in San Francisco. I mean, you know, huge Michigan fan base out there for us personally. The recruiting would be great. I mean, I, I see no downside to adding the – and also with, with Stanford, the, the problem with Stanford just adding them, they won't go without Cal. They, they won't leave them behind. That rivalry will stay together. That, that's their mission. That's their, that's their Ohio State is uh, Cal, Cal Stanford. So I think there's actually quite a lot of benefits to joining Cal. That's just my opinion on it. Though. Yeah, I like those points. Those are some good points. Um, I was actually watching the Celtics today thinking about how Cal kind of fell off with like – I mean, they've had some great athletes. They got Jalen. They had Jalen Brown. Uh, they got you know two starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Uh, Jared Goff and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, Marshawn Lynch went to Cal. So um, no, they yeah. have some good. They they have some really great athletes for sure. I yeah, mean. it really wasn't that long ago when Cal was a pretty pretty good competitor in both you know both major sports. So um football and men's basketball. So it's it's just crazy culturally how like they've completely just fallen off i mean it's uh kind of somewhat comparable to Rutgers. i mean Rutgers has got 
uh, support issue with their the academic side of the university kind of being anti-athletics, and that's kind of similar to Cal. Um, and then, yeah, you got mentioning it, like all the names coming to mind with Cal from the 2000s. I remember Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Jackson, Job yep, Best. Yeah. I mean, they're not like – and I mean, look, I think, I think they're salvageable. It's not like a uh, – it's not like what Tulane did in the 70s. I don't think that this is like a totally unsalvageable situation. I think the money would kind of talk too if we add them in the Bay Area. I think the money talks. Like like the money would be if we add those Bay schools along with Washington, Oregon is significant enough where I think that, you know, there would be some more added, like the, the investment would go up considerably. I mean, the, the ability for us as like Michigan fans or like whatever, let's say you're a Maryland fan Suddenly now you get the opportunity to play in California every year because you get a Cal who right now may not be a great football program, but you get the chance to play in California every year and snatch recruits from out there. Like the SEC, if you're really looking at how their roster is constructed, I know a lot of people kind of assume it's all just Southern players. That's just not the, like the reality on the ground. The reality on the ground is they, they take kids from all over. There's a lot of kids in California going to those SEC schools now. So we got, that's why I, I, I want to get that whole state. I, I want, I want all of it. Then we can easily come up to any kid's door in California and say, Hey, you will play in this state every year of your four-year career at Michigan or, or, or whatever school, Indiana, like in their, in their crazy recruiting out in, in California. But like, I, I think that'd be, I think that's a huge and important step to beating the SEC in football, particularly basketball. I mean, I think there's, there's more uh, nuances there as far as uh, recruiting and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I, I think that there's a lot more to adding Cal and Stanford than people are giving credit. And I mean, with Stanford, you have a more recent history of being good. You know, you but I mean, like also on the academic side, like I think it is like important to mention the research dollars they would pull in would be also massive for everyone else. And that helps every other like member institution. I, I don't think it's a net negative. It's not adding like Bowling Green or something. Sorry, the one Bowling Green Falcon that's listening. But like, I don't think there's really much draw to adding Cal. You may, you may not see the revenue benefits like on paper as far as like adding Cal to the, to, to the big Ten, But what you may see is just added just like relevance, just because some of the benefits that come along with Cal. So that, that's kind of my pitch for Cal. All right. So um, wait till I hear, wait till you guys hear my, my Virginia, North Carolina Duke uh, fiasco. Okay. That's Maybe another save thing. that for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I got a great pitch for rating the AC, those north those northern ACC schools. Okay. I mean, I think I think that's what the Big Ten would prefer is to go over there. But I mean, it's just I don't I don't they'll remember the exact amount, but it's like it's the the exit fee for the ACC is just like ungodly. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I think that once that contract expires in twenty thirty four. I think that's the next round of expansion is is going to be gobbling up the ACC and it. You know, it depends. I, I, that's that conference to me has a lot of potential to break in really strange ways, more so than any other conference, because the SEC would be in on that for sure. They're not going to just sit out and let like a a Clemson waddle out the door or something. I think, but then like the Big Ten would probably really love having a Florida State. If Florida State might really like being in the Big Ten, I'll say it. I mean, I I think that there 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 clearly is some interest for at least. I don't know how much you guys are paying attention to what Florida State's AD has been saying lately. They do not seem very happy in the ACC at all. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there there's a chance there. I mean, 
I think they would like the Big Ten, actually. I mean, we might be able to redeem ourselves for what happened in Texas, Oklahoma, and get like some of those Florida schools. And again, adds another layer to that recruiting advantage. Because then, I mean, it's the only national football conference. The SEC is essentially boxed out. Where, where else could they go? I mean, can't wait to see uh, Florida State traveling to Washington for a midweek, uh, you know, gymnastics tournament or whatever. <laughs> Look, on I mean, Big Ten Network. Nobody yeah. cares about the health of the athletes. This is all about <laughs> this is all about money. Nobody cares. <laughs> like nobody gives like gives a single care about that. But like we're talking purely like 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 fit doesn't matter at all or whatever. So, but you know, could happen in our lifetime. Georgia Tech versus uh, Northwestern Big Ten Big Ten showdown. <laughs> Northwestern yeah. the Georgia Tech versus. <laughs> Miami in a Big Ten classic. <laughs> Keep that option offense out of Big Ten. <laughs> I want I want a Cal Georgia Tech Big Ten Big Ten championship. Like I need air to breathe. <laughs> I need that badly. Oh, uh, Georgia Tech is in the Notre Dame conference from a few episodes ago. They they do belong in that kind of like we were once relevant conference for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get yeah. Colorado in there too. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Now. We're... <laughs> okay. All right. Now we're taking it a step too far. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay, WD. I'll, I'll take you up on that. They're, like, what, what's the pitch for Colorado in the Big Ten? What, what, what's your pitch? Oh, Colorado, the Big Ten. You, I, I thought you. Were, I was more saying it to the We Were Once Relevant Conference for Colorado. Oh yeah. Okay. No, they, they're they're probably the kings of the conference. They're the jewels of the conference. You know. Miami would definitely be in that conference. <laughs> Miami's in that conference. Yeah. Virginia Tech's in the conference, too. A lot of ACC programs. All right. Uh, what do you guys think? Should we wrap this one up? Pure so. I mean, unless there's anything else pressing, you know? Yeah, I think we covered a lot. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm sure there's a ton of, you know, ton of new listeners this in May uh, listening to a Michigan football podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, WD, you want to take us out? Sure. It's been 1,261 days and counting since Ohio State beat Michigan. All right. That's quite a lot of days. Go Blue. Go, Go Blue. blue.